You're listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Behind the Mask. Behind the Mask, back again after our week hiatus. We took a week off because, well, Michigan State postponed their series against Wisconsin. We took a little week off. It's finals week for us, and speaking of that, how are we doing, gentlemen? Doing good. Uh, so I'm a little lucky here. I, I'm taking a gap semester because this whole COVID-19 thing that hopefully will be over soon. We'll see about that. But I've been I've been riding smooth, just working, and no finals for me. So how about you, boys? Uh, I've been fine. Um, I literally just finished my last final about mm, 10 minutes ago. So I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, same here. Uh, finished my finals Monday um, and yesterday. I got to proofread a buddy's paper. But other than that, we're pretty much done for the semester. So hopefully the, gr- the grades reflect the amount of effort I've put in, which is bare- barely anything. So it is what it is. Well, at least you're honest. But regardless, I think we all, after things happened, we, we deserved a little, a little uh, relaxation time to talk about hockey including some semi-breaking news in the hockey world. Uh, just under two hours ago, Henrik Lundqvist announced that he will be retiring from playing hockey because of a health condition. So uh, I kind of feel like it's almost right that uh, Lundqvist retires a Ranger. It would have it been weird to see him in, in a Capitals jersey anyway. But regardless, pretty big news, and we wish him the best. Yeah, as a as a St. Louis Blues fan, I know all about uh, seeing legendary goalies in jerseys that they definitely should not be in. Uh, cough, cough, Martin Brodeur, cough, cough. Um, but no, trust me, it's yeah, honestly, it's for the best. I've, I don't, I just don't know how I feel about seeing Lundqvist in a in anything other than a Rangers jersey. Yeah, as uh, the Rangers being my uh, Eastern Conference team, um, I had a dueling alliance between them and the Stars because I was born in New York but raised in Texas. I couldn't see him in anything other than a, in a blue shirt. Um, I understand why the Rangers let him go. You have the expansion draft coming up, and they were pretty stacked on goalies. Uh, Yorgiev and Shosturkin, I mean, you had to pretty much let him go. There was no more cap space, but – Honestly, I'll, I'm just glad that we'll we'll see him retire in a uh, in a blue shirt one of these days. Yeah, I kind of feel like it. I, I couldn't picture anything else. It, it'd be like picturing like Crosby in like a, in like a Flames jersey. It just doesn't sit right with me. Oh gosh, don't so, even yeah. say that. <laughs> you mentioned Martin Brodeur in a blue jersey. Didn't again for the didn't again play for the Pens at one point and the Bruins. Yeah, like ah. Uh, it's a weird carousel that the NHL puts veterans through. It is. Yeah, a Joe Thornton's a, yeah, Joe Thornton's a leaf now. It's just, that still sits weird with me. <laughs> you know, you, you can't see because it's a podcast. But Ryan's face just—he he just brushed off information. <laughs> I, I forgot that uh, happened. and you brought it up? And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that, that was like taking a, a bad shot of alcohol right there. Oof. Twenty-one. Don't worry, guys. I'm twenty-one over here. <laughs> I don't think anyone's fact-checking us. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, we took a week off last week because Michigan State was supposed to play four games in a little under a week because they were going to play Minnesota, take a couple days off, and then play Wisconsin. But the Wisconsin game, uh, the Wisconsin series actually was postponed because of COVID issues, so that uh, that didn't get played. So all we have to talk about this week is uh, Michigan State uh, reviewing Minnesota, previewing Notre Dame, and then a little bit of World Junior stuff. 
because there's not a lot to talk about uh, after that just taken away. And the Big Ten is winding down uh, for this for the calendar year for for 2020. But as we look in the Big Ten, uh, Michigan State sits at two, three, and one. Uh, Minnesota is now number one in America. Uh, speaking of World Juniors, Johnny Beecher and Thomas Bordalo uh, both uh, cut from the Team USA roster for the World Juniors after Beecher tested positive. I feel worse for Bordalo because he was Beecher's roommate, and, and just because he was his roommate and Beecher tested positive, they both cannot participate. So those are pretty big losses for, for Team USA because Bordalo had 10 points in eight games so far this year. But staying the Big Ten, U.S. will have Cole Caulfield, who is tied for the nation's leading points with 12 in 10 games. Well, looking at this, uh, this Wisconsin series postponed, I was actually kind of kind of sad because it was going to be my first gate or first time covering a game as a uh, as a journalistic student here. So I was I was really excited. I wrote the the preview for the game. I got it published no more than 10 minutes after that published. I found out that the series got canceled and I was just kind of sitting there like, great. I did that work for nothing. And now I don't even get to cover my first game, but stuff happens for a reason. I'll get to cover a game eventually. I'm not making this a sad story for me, but you know, we'll, we'll get back into the swing of things and we'll, we'll be out there and we got this in our Dame series. So I'm happy about that. Yeah. That Wisconsin series would have been pretty fun to watch, you know, um, Wisconsin's a pretty high-scoring team. Uh, this MSU loves to put shots on the net, loves to keep teams below 30 shot attempts per game. Um, it would have been a really nice, even-matched game, and it would have been a great way for um, the Spartans to really, you know, get past that disappointment um, against Minnesota, which I know Caddy, which I know Hattie is pretty uh, pumped up to talk about here. So, oh man. Uh, but first, yeah, we need to get into that uh, Minnesota review because that, that, those games were played. Uh, Michigan got swept by what is now number one, Minnesota. And Minnesota uh, had a pretty impressive week. They, they stayed the week in Michigan. The, they started it by sweeping Michigan State, and they concluded it by sweeping now number six, Michigan. So, yeah, that's – I don't think anyone's arguing they deserve uh, to be number one. Uh, Spartans started slow both nights. That's not my opinion. That's, I mean, it is, but um, you'll hear the players and uh, Coach Cole talk about that after the game. They started slow, they got behind, and they got a deficit to a team that is too good to get down to a deficit. So, uh, 3 nothing lost uh, in game one. But Michigan State did uh, have, uh, have a position to pull their goalie. Uh, and then a 4 nothing loss in game two. Uh, ben Myers, Sample Ranta, and Scott Reedy all scored multiple ga- all goals in the series. So, gentlemen, what did you guys take away most of this? Uh, I mean, like you said, it was a slow start on offense. Even though the, if you look at the shot total in the games, the first game I'm pretty sure was 31 to 32 in the shots uh, advantage Minnesota, and then the other game was 24 to 31 shots advantage Minnesota. It doesn't look like we had that low of shots there, but if you watch the game, it was just you know throwing pucks on net, not really that great of chances, and it it was just yeah the slow start kind of kind of uh, just showcased what we were going to do during the game or what MSU was going to do during the game. And it just it never got going on the offensive side. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of the one thing that you cannot do against a team like Minnesota, because we already know how good of a team they are. Um, but really the issue is you can't afford to get down to them early because you can't be playing a team like Minnesota from behind. 
that is simply not that kind of team that you can come back from a deficit like that. And Spartans allowed themselves to get down early and it took them out of the game. Simple as that. Yeah, and I mean, Hattie touched on it earlier and everybody's pretty much said it right now. It's a slow start, but look at it, look at it on the stat sheet. Minnesota scores two goals in the first period of game one. They scored two goals in the first period of game two. Um, yeah, the Spartans, they scored five minutes, like with five minutes to go in that uh, first period of game two. But this this team is not you can't you can't afford to get off to slow starts against high caliber offenses like Minnesota. It would have been the same thing against Wisconsin had they have played. Um, it's just they're the number one team in the nation for a reason. They get on you and they get on you early. And you, if you can't, you got to stay out of the box and you got to basically you got to take away those high quality scoring chances. And the Spartans have really let their defense kind of slip from them lately. Um, they started really well against Arizona State um, and getting forwards back on the back check to help, you know, block shots, to help get players away from those high-quality sc- high scoring areas. But it's it's really been lacking lately, so. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, I guess if you're Michigan State, a couple of uh, positives, you could t- positives you could take away from this is if you don't start slow, you did show that you could skate with Minnesota. Uh, when Dan Cole went with his uh, went with the lineup changes to make his uh, lineup a little bigger, they did uh, have some success. And Minnesota and Michigan State came in, I believe, the two best teams in Division One in the faceoff circle, and Michigan State dominated both nights. So that's something you can take away too. And Spartans saw, uh, I believe, what yes, it was Haskins, and then Susanna got on the board for the first time this season, which probably took longer than both uh, all of us thought it would for Susanna to get on the board. But nevertheless, he got over that hump. And I mean, I mean, in my opinion, there's like when you when you keep with number one in the country, there's really not that like that that kind of shame. Like obviously you want to take one, but there's not shame in losing number one, especially if you skate with them. That's my overall takeaways. All right, and then moving in to our Notre Dame preview, of course, the Spartans will take on the Fighting Irish this weekend to uh, conclude the first half of their schedule. Uh, Michigan State was supposed to play 10 games in the first half in 2020 um, and then 14 games in 2021, which I think now will be eight in the first half and 16 in the second half after the Wisconsin series got moved. But yeah, uh, Spartans travel to South Bend to uh, take on Notre Dame, number 16 in the country, four and four. Uh, Notre Dame is two and four at home so far this season. So I think every loss they've had has come at home. Uh, they are coming off a split against Ohio State. Uh, Notre Dame is top 30 in goals uh, goals scored and goals against per game. Uh, but they're not that good on special teams. 12% on the power play to 76% on the kill. They will have their leading scorer, Alex Steves, but because of the World Juniors, they will be without Landon uh, Slaggart, who is going to compete for the United States. But uh, this matchup actually gets pretty interesting in net. Um I'm wondering if after the sweep, uh, uh, Danton's going to sit the Ritter because maybe give the other guys under the look because as of, at this point, you're not riding a hot goaltender. DeRitter played well against Minnesota, but coming off two losses, it might be a good time to sit him down. See what else you have? Because I know a couple of people in this, uh, in this podcast want Seagull a competition. And then on the Irish side of the goal, um, they go pretty much even reps between uh, Ryan Bischel and Don't Saint Sire, sir. 
I want to say it's Sir. Saint uh, CYR. So you decide for yourselves at home if I'm saying that correctly. I'll find out soon enough. But yeah, they split them. They split them pretty evenly. No one overarchingly impressive in net so far. Uh, they are definitely seeing the repercussions of losing Kale Morris to graduation. They rode Kale Morris for a while, and they basically never had to worry about their net. And now they do, and they look human with Kale Morris not not backing them. So, what are you guys looking for this weekend? What I'm looking at in the series is something that is a little bit a little bit eye popping. Looking at these two, uh, when I was previewing them, this stuck out like a sore thumb. These two teams, MSU and Notre Dame, are lowest in the Big Ten in power play percentage. You have MSU with 9.5 power play percentage and then Notre Dame with 12.5. So both of these are very, very low and very concerning. You look at the the next lowest is OSU of 22. So you could see that that's not that good. So for me, I want to see some special teams between these two teams. And uh, also previewing the game, I saw kind of, kind of a little bit of a more similarity just other than the the power play percentage um both of these teams although Notre Dame comes off of uh top 30 in goals per game it when you watch the games they they do have a lot of offense but both these teams MSU and Notre Dame kind of seem to be lower scoring and lower offense it's a rough similarity I'm, I'm just trying to try to make some kind of similarity here but it's, it seems like these two teams are a little bit similar in their offensive play. So that's where I come back to the special teams. It all comes down to that. And if, if one team gets the edge on that, that's going to be the winner for the series. Yeah, I would agree on that, honestly. Just I think special teams are probably going to be where the series is kind of decided or games are kind of won or lost. Because if you look at it on paper, at least if you're comparing the teams that uh, – Notre Dame and MSU have both played to this point, um, Arizona State and Ohio State. They're both pretty evenly matched, I'd say. I mean, they both came out in splits. Um, or they, they came out, Notre Dame came out in splits against Arizona State and Ohio State both times. So I'm expecting it to be pretty evenly matched. I think the philosophies are a little different between the two teams, but all in all, yeah, I don't see anything necessarily like separating Notre Dame from Michigan State and all that much in the way that I would against like a Minnesota or a Michigan. So I think, yeah, it's going to have to come down to special teams, honestly. To me, I have two things looking um, forward to this game. Uh, to piggyback off Jacob, this is, to me, the most even um, evenly matched team that the Spartans will play so far in this first half of the season on paper. Uh, special teams percentages are very alike. Goals, total goals scored, it heavily favors Notre Dame. Um, and then shot totals favors the Spartans. I think this is going to be a really interesting game. Um, that That's just my point on just the game itself. My second point is, uh, kind of going off Hattie's point about the goal, uh, people wanting a goaltender matchup, I'm all for that. But I think I, I would much rather – let DeRitter prove himself in these final two games. And then if, you know, if you need to blow it up, start it again next, uh, the second half of the season, then go for it. Um, I think the goalie matchup, uh, I'm pretty sure Notre Dame went with St. Cyr last, uh, last weekend or yeah, I think they played last weekend. Um, and their sophomore goalie in Bischel is actually a better goaltender. And now he's got a 907 save percentage. 
Um, he lets in a little bit less goals per game, um, and he's two two and one on the season. Um, but for me, I, I do think it's still DeRitter's net to lose. Um, I don't think the defense gave him um, – They not a lot of people gave him a lot of credit for what he did against Minnesota. Um, he had his career – I think it was career high in saves that game two against Minnesota with 32. But, you know, they let, the defense let him down early, and he kind of looked like a fish in hot water for the good part of both first periods in both games. And to me, you need a goaltender that's going to basically stand up for the team and be a leader. And if he's, if he's standing on his head, you know, everybody around him is going, they're going to play better for him. But I feel like both the def, the defense let him down last week. And I think that he's, he's got to prove something in the crease this week. I think you guys hit the, uh, hit the nail on the head. Uh, and I just want to bring this tidbit up because we talked about special teams. Uh, if anyone isn't sold that special teams isn't that big a uh, part of hockey, number one, Minnesota, who very much deserves to be there. Right now, they're about 30% on the power play, and they're 100% on the penalty kill with one shorthanded goal. So they've actually scored more shorthanded goals than they've allowed on the power play. Unrelated, but it was just baffling. Yeah, and to piggyback off that point, the Spartans lost game one to Minnesota, three to one. Two of their goals were power play goals for Minnesota, scored by Myers and Reedy. They committed six penalties that game. The, I mean, special, special teams can make or break a team. Yes, you know, the Spartans are dominant in the faceoff circle, and that really helps on penalty kills. But you take 12 minutes of penalties per game against the number one team, the now number one team in the nation and a team that is very highly effective on the power play, you're going to get burned. No, yeah. You, you can't put a team that good on the power play. It's just, it just won't, it won't pay off for you. Uh, so now we move, of course, uh, into the blank wins if segment. All right, so Notre Dame will win if. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and group my two together and be a little bit of a broken record with the uh, power play here, but... I'm going to say both of these teams win if whoever whoever wins the power play game. If somebody scores a goal on the power play, I'd say they get a huge edge. We talked about how these teams are very similar on paper, and we've talked about how Michigan State is kind of low-scoring, high shots. So you take in that into effect, it's going to probably be a lower-scoring series. And if a team can get a power play goal, get that edge on the power play with the man advantage, I think that will be a deciding factor in winning a couple games. So I'd say watch out for the power play game. I would say Notre Dame would win if I would agree with the special teams part, but I'm going to switch it up and I'm going to say if they can win the face-off battle. If they can win the face-off battle in those 50-50 chances, I think the, the key is just going to be keeping the puck out of Michigan State's hands. Because obviously, if special teams are there, then it's going to be that, that will obviously be a big advantage. But we don't know if they're even going to be able to convert on those chances because both teams not very good on special teams. Um, so I think the key is just going to be ha- being able to have the puck in your hand or on your stick for as much of the game as you possibly can. So that's where I'm going to say faceoff is going to be Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really expect Notre Dame to win the faceoff battle. Um, you know, MSU, they have a very young team this year. 
Um, the best way to get confidence for young players is not just scoring, it's getting the puck in their hands and making them feel comfortable, um, especially early on in the game. So that way, you know, you can make those plays later on. For me, Notre Dame's going to win this game if they score first. Uh, the Spartans have started off the same way they did last year, where, you know, if you let the opponent score first, they, they have a very bad record when it comes to that. They are 1-3-0 and so far this season. Uh, last year, they were 4-16 and 16 when opponents scored first. And to even make matters worse, um, this year, after trailing after two periods, the Spartans are 0-3-1. and 1. It, it does not look good for them when they are outscored early and when they're outscored in the second period. Luckily, that hasn't, they've, uh, they kind of turned things around um, in the two series ago against Ohio State. Second period battles, um, I think it was pretty even. I think the Spartans won game one. Uh, they lost – or they tied game two. Um, it wasn't really a thing against Minnesota. They were down often – or they were down early and down often. Um, but I think, you know, if it, the Spartans – or Notre Dame, the only way that they can win this game, to me, is if they score early, score often. They're, MSU is a statistically terrible team when they allow the opponents to score first. Stealing my thunder, Cam. I'm going to go with uh, same thing. Notre Dame wins if they score first. Uh, I think especially for the situation Michigan State's in, uh, this might be their most pivotal series of the year. Because right now they sit at two, three, and one going into like the uh, Christmas break. Uh, two, five, and one looks a lot different than four, three, and one. So I think this this could be a really big make or break series going into the next year and kind of uh, and, uh, yeah, going into next year and, and it could set the tone. And especially since Michigan State's coming off getting swept and both times they went down early, uh, I think that is uh, if, if they can – if Notre Dame scores early, they're going to put Michigan State on their heels and make them kind of panic. Yeah, I mean, you t I'm not trying to add in, but I just got one thing. You know, 4-3-1, and one, they, they've played the least amount of games in the Big Ten so far. They've played six games, and only uh, two of them were against uh, Arizona State, which doesn't matter in Big Ten standings. They're a point behind Penn State, who has openly decided to be terrible this year, as Hattie has mentioned, for multiple weeks on end. You win, you take this series at six points, you're on eight points. I think you're in fifth place in the Big Ten. Depend or, yeah, because the Ohio State series is a non-conference series. That that's a whole different outlook for the second half of the uh, of the year. So. Yeah, uh, the quote-unquote openly terrible Penn State Nittany Lions followed my Behind the Mask podcast that I called them out on and beat Michigan. So, clearly, I just don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, but, yeah, now if you go to Michigan State, we'll win if. Uh, Ryan, we're skipping you because you copped out and uh, had it for both. So, mm -hmm. Mr. Stinson, Michigan State will win if. Uh, I'm going to steal whoever said the the other way for, uh, for Notre Dame. I'm saying Michigan State will win if they can score first because – I think it's pretty obvious. The Spartans do not score a lot of points. Uh, if you look at their schedule, they've only scored more than two goals once, and that was an overtime game against Ohio State. So if they can score first, we already know how bad they are when they're playing from behind. So the key is just get out in front early with, with a goal and then play and defend that lead because we know the Spartans are good on defense. That's kind of their strength. That's how they play their game. So the key is going to have to be get in front early and just play on defense for that lead. Keep that lead the whole time. Because scoring chances are not going to come very easily as they have in all year. 
I think the Spartans win if they hold Notre Dame under 30 shots. Um, statistically, Notre Dame's around a 30 shot per game marker, which I think sits them 24th in the nation right now. Um, they're coming. The Spartans are coming off letting in or letting a lot of shots get to the Ritter against Minnesota. Uh, like I said earlier, career high in saves, 32 in uh, that game two loss. Um, you see, they've let their to me they've let their defense get away from them a little bit. If you're going to be a defensive minded team, you can't have that, especially with not you're not scoring a lot of goals. You know, you score three goals lap, uh, two weekends ago against Minnesota. Give taking the fact that Minnesota's a really good defensive team, as we've all seen, you know, they really need to have their forwards get back on the back check and stop letting these high quality scoring chances um, happen. Because I will say this, some of those goals that Minnesota was able to create against uh, the Spartan defense were pretty creative. And they just, they let their def defensive structure down and to me, you got to get rid of those high-quality scoring chances if you're if you're state. All right, I like both your answers, and for the sake of not sounding repetitive, my my initial answer was going to be if Michigan State can touch three goals, but Jacob stole my thunder. Uh, so I'm going to go with Michigan State will win if they can effectively neutralize Notre Dame's trap. Uh, last year, when I was there covering the game, uh, any slanting, Notre Dame played one of the best traps I've ever seen. And I think uh, uh, Dan Cole's put a lot of focus on winning games in the neutral zone. You know, no turnovers, getting uh, gaining speed, gaining momentum in the offensive zone. So if they can keep Notre Dame, if they can get Notre Dame a little flustered and out of position in the neutral zone, I think they'll have success. So, yeah, that is, that's our Notre Dame preview. Now we get into the pick'em. And because the Big Ten is winding down, we actually have two Big Ten series to pick. Uh, this week, so we're going to incorporate a little World Juniors before we head out. Uh, so uh, our first pick'em series, uh, Arizona State travels to Columbus to take on number 18, Ohio State. So for this series, uh, during during the whole entire season of the pick'ups, I haven't been doing that good. If you look at the points right now, we got Jacob leading with six, Hattie with four, I'm tied with Hattie with four as well, and then Cam with three. But I've been trying to pick logical results for this, and it just hasn't worked out. So I'm going to throw out the book, throw out the pages, throw out everything, and I'm going to pick the opposite of what my mind says. I'm picking ASU with the sweep for this one, boys. I like the prophecy. I don't know why I said prophecy. I like the theory. Uh, Mr. Stinson, you're leading, so teach us something. I was going to say, if you, want the, uh, if you want some advice from the guy in the lead right now, the key is to not overthink it at all. You just go with your initial gut feeling, and it works more often than it doesn't, at least. It works more than everybody else's. So I have Ohio State in the sweep. I just, it's going with eye test, watching them on paper or looking at them all on paper. I liked what I had seen from Ohio State. I like Tommy Napier more against Arizona State than I do the other way around. I got Ohio State. Simple enough, Mr. Like, McLaren. Uh, I would like the record to show that my Ohio State sweep pick was made before Mr. Stinson's. Um, I believe uh, Jacob has been getting advice from people on the side of the road um, to make his picks. Um, so, you know, you, you get lucky sometimes, sometimes you don't. 
I really like this Ohio State team. They disappointed me last weekend. Um, I would think I was – or last time we had a podcast, uh, I was the only guy that picked them in a sweep, and um, they decided to let three goals in the third period of game two of their series against Notre Dame happen, and they split the series with a game two loss of five to four against the Fighting Irish. But on paper, I really like Ohio State's matchup against Arizona State. Um, Arizona State's leading scorer, I think, Copperwood. He's, he's done really well in the place of Johnny Walker, who's been out um, ever since the second game of the uh, season um, when he took a knee injury against Michigan, if I remember correctly. Um, don't want to put anything out there that is not true. But I, I really think this Ohio State team, you know, they came, they came back against Michigan State to force overtime in game one of that series and won game two handedly. So I'm picking Ohio State in a sweep. I like that. And uh, my prophecy is the same as Jacob. It just hasn't, it just hasn't paid off as much. Um, I like Napier. I like DeBrower, um and Cole Brady. Or, or, yeah, Cole Brady. Uh, so, when there's two when there's two teams that I've seen that, that are basically even on paper, don't ever think it go with a split. So, I'm, I'm going with our only split of this series. And then moving down to our next series, uh, Michigan State travels to South Bend to take on number 16, Notre Dame. Uh, we'll start with our points leader, Mr. Jacob Stinson. All right. I see, like like I said, these these two teams here, uh, Michigan State and Notre Dame, very, very evenly matched teams. And when you when Michigan State has played the teams that I think are very evenly matched one with one another – it all, pretty much always has resulted in the split so far. That's how it worked with Arizona State, how it worked with Ohio State. I think it's what I'm calling here this time, too. I think, yes, very opposite play styles in terms of offenses versus defense and points versus not many points at all. But I just see, I just see a, a split going on right here. Uh, Ryan, go ahead, because I know you also have a split. So following my logic with the first pick of throwing everything out the window, I picked a split and that's what my mind tells me, but there's no opposite pick of a split other than maybe the series being postponed. And none of us want that. None of us want that at all. We need hockey. This series will be played and it will be a split just because there's no opposite of a split. And that's logic I'm going with split. So uh, I am desperate for points right now. Um, I went with a couple of desperation picks last time, uh, specifically that Ohio State one, which did not pay out for me. Thank you, third periods. Um, I am picking MSU in a sweep. Um, like I said on the eye test, this is probably the most even matchup the Spartans have had all year. Um, and, I mean, both teams are really not – that good on special teams and also give other teams a lot of time on the power play. Um, I think the Spartans are at nine ish penalty minutes per game. Uh, the Irish are at 9.5. Um, but if you look, if you look at this, Notre Dame is super unpredictable. They get swept by uh, Wisconsin opening weekend. Um, allow pretty much Wisconsin to run riot all over their defense and then they sweep Michigan in Ann Arbor. 
Um, they followed up with uh, splits against Arizona State and Ohio State, which was a lucky split. Like I said, scoring three goals in a third period, down four to two, heading into it, winning five four. Um, I think the Spartans have a much better chance of sweeping this one than a split. Um, I do think that if if the Spartans can really play their game, especially like Hattie said in in the winning the neutral zone, that mixed with winning faceoff battles and a team that is statistically not that good on the penalty kill. It seems like a recipe for disaster for the Irish. So I, I have the Spartans in a sweep. Um, I was originally going to go with a split, but as Jacob was picking, something changed in me, and I changed to a Spartan sweep. Um, came openly celebrated that too. Really wish there was a video podcast. It would be a lot more fun. But, yeah, uh, you can crunch numbers all you want, but at the end of the day, um, like Michigan State, like they are human beings and numbers only go so far. You did just see them get swept by the number one team in the country where they were visually upset and, like, because they know they're better than their, than their record shows. And as I said before, going into the uh, the long break, 4-3-1 and one looks a lot different than 2-5-1. So I think they're upset they didn't get to rebound uh, against uh, Wisconsin, and I think they go into South Bend and they sweep. So, yeah, I, I'm taking a Spartan sweep. Yeah, this this is a desperation series, um, in my opinion. The season doesn't hinge necessarily on this series, but four three and one does look a lot better than two five and one. If you're the Spartans, you you really want this to be a prove it series. You're sitting at two points on the board in Big Ten standings, only because of a overtime win against um, the Buckeyes in Columbus, which they could have won outright if I think it wasn't for a late uh, tying goal in that third period. I believe they had the uh, the net pulled in that one. But they've – the Spartans have shown that they can win games outright, but they just have not really been able to close them out. The, the idea is there in their heads. It's just the execution hasn't been there. And I think if this is a – this is a prove-yourself series. So – All right. Um, and, 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 and anybody else want to add anything? You want to move on to our World Junior segment? All right. I guess we're moving on to the World Junior segment. So, as uh, yeah, so the preliminary round, not the, uh, the exhibitions actually begin three uh, three days from today. Today is the 17th. They begin on the 20th. Whoa. So, for a little bit of fun, we are going to predict two places where in the medal rounds. We're going to pick a gold medal winner, a silver medal, a silver medal winner, silver medal winner, and a bronze medal winner. So, we will start with our leading point getter, even though he's proven nothing in the international stage, Jacob Stinson. Uh, I'm eager to to, uh, to to showcase my talents on their national level. Um, but no, I right now for me, I've got. Surprise, surprise, I have Canada taking the gold, uh, Sweden with the silver, and the USA with the bronze. Um, Canada, I feel like, is kind of the most obvious pick you can go for. Canada is to international hockey like Alabama is to football. It's just, it's kind of almost a given that they're going to win. They're going to be very good. So I've got Canada at the gold, pretty safe pick, nothing controversial. 
And honestly, for Sweden and the USA, I kind of just went off of like off of gut feeling, how I've seen them do in the past with the World Juniors. Um, I yeah, I just not really a good reasoning behind it. It's not the most uh, researched pick in the world, but yeah, I got Sweden at silver, USA at the bronze. All right, um, I went a little bit off the board compared to everyone else here. Uh, Canada seems like the easy choice for the gold medal. 20 out of your 22 players are first-round picks. You have Turby Doc coming back after he, have, after he has NHL experience. Like Jacob said, don't overthink your picks. Canada is just that good, and they're going to prove it. Uh, for silver, I actually went with Russia. Um, Yaroslav Askarov is supposedly the best goalie prospect since Carey Price, and in a short tournament like this, goalies can make that big of a difference. So I think um, Askarov carries them to the gold medal game, but can't be Canada. And then for bronze, I have Sweden. I mean, believe me, I'm going to be sure for the United States. I won't hide my bias there, but I just think Sweden's a little bit better. Uh, for me, I have the easy choice, like we said, Canada first. And how do you glaze over the stat, which I think is absolutely alarming, 20 of the 22 players rostered for Canada are first-round picks. Like, what? That, that's absolutely insane. They, got, they have so much talent. So I'm picking Canada first. I'm doing Sweden second just because a, l- a little bit of homeboy here. I want to see Lucas Raymond and Alexander Holtz go off, and I think they will. And then Russia just because, like Hattie said, Yaroslav Askarov is just a beast in net, and he could steal games. So... Canada first, Sweden silver, and Russia with the bronze for me. To continue with the uh, Canada gold medal train, um, I'm going to take them winning the gold. I believe that Stars prospect Thomas Harley on the fence from Mississauga in the Ontario Hockey League um, will win a gold medal with his compatriots for Team Canada. Wanted to throw that in there. Um, I've got USA in second. I'm the only person that believes that. Um, I think this is a pretty good USA team this year that should give Canada a run for their money, um, specifically in that gold medal game. But even in Group B, I believe it's a pretty stacked matchup between um, them, Sweden, and uh, Russia. Now, whoever comes out on top of that group is a likely shoe-in for the gold medal game, but we will see. Um, third place, I've got Russia. Like Hattie said, um, Askarov, the Nashville Predators draft pick, um, really good goalie prospect. We've seen Russian goalies pretty much stand on their head in international play, along with the NHL. Um, I named a couple earlier in this episode, but it, it should be a pretty fun uh bronze medal match. All right. I guess we covered, our, uh, covered all our bases. So, yeah, to recap, uh, we do have two Michigan State hockey games this weekend. Uh, Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, puck drops at 6.30 in South Bend on NBCSN. Uh, Sunday, 5 p.m. puck drop. That one is on NBC Sports Chicago. So, as Michigan people, we might have to scramble to find something. But we are going to have Ryan and Cam, I believe, covering both games. Uh, so we'll, we'll promote that on Twitter and all that. You can follow along for them. But, uh, yeah, on behalf of all of us, in case you don't hear 
uh, from us until next year because as of right now, I don't know the next game that the Big Ten is going to play. Oh, Cam, what would I do without you? We forgot to rate the episode. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you for catching that. Uh, so, yeah, everyone give a rating. It is finals week, so I guess be generous. Um, I mean, for me, I didn't do that good at all. I'm not going to give myself a letter grade here, but I, I'd say I could do better. But all of us here from behind the mask, I'd say we did a pretty good job. i give us an A. In the theme of finals week, in the, in the theme of finals week, uh, we are just going to be mimicking my transcript this semester. Uh, I'm going to give this an S. Satisfactory. <laughs> That's a good one. I'm not putting a not putting a number or letter on it. I'm just going to give it satisfactory. Yeah, that's that's a that's a pretty funny. Uh, actually, that's a pretty good. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how many S grades I'm going to put on that transcript. There, thank thank you, uh, Michigan State, for doing that. We really appreciate you and everything you do for us. <clears throat> but yeah. Um, after my really bad performance the week of the Minnesota uh, game, I'm going to give myself an A here. And then overall, as an episode, I'm going to basically put like a A minus one percentage point for Ryan using the word we again. Um, yes, yes. I'm going to start keeping track of that, and then we'll, we'll figure that out next semester. We'll get a counter for you guys at home. I didn't so want to have to say it out loud, but that was, yeah. Yeah, that that is deserving right there. The face <laughs> for for those of you at home, you know, we we're doing this over Zoom so we can see each other's facial expressions and kind of brings a, another social aspect to this. But the facial expressions that were made when uh, Ryan had his uh, mess up were pretty funny this time. So me me and Jacob caught it right away and kind of gave each other a little like look at each other like okay. But I digress. Right, then I guess I will. I tripped. I tripped over a couple uh, more words than I should have. So I'll give myself a B, but I think I'll give the overall podcast an A minus. It took a week off. I think we came back strong. So yeah, and like I said before, I don't know the next time we are going to play hockey. Um, the Big Ten has yet to announce their second half schedule. So I believe when they do that, we'll come back, preview that, talk about Notre Dame, maybe talk a little little juniors. But if you don't hear from us before then, happy holidays from all of us behind the mask and impacts. Um, I'm Kyle Hattie. On behalf of Ryan, Cameron, and Jacob, thank you for listening.